On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hey, the Sacramento Kings won a summer league game, defeating the Charlotte Hornets 80-70. to Some positives from this game, including a breakout offensive performance uh, from second-year King Jemias Ramsey. Davion Mitchell absolutely shut down James Booknight. Namias Keita had some good moments, but there were also some negatives, like the continued struggles of Robert Woodard. We'll talk about it. Plus, I'm going to be joined by Katie Christensen-Hunter, longtime Sacramento Kings. Uh, TV host, sideline reporter, and now color commentator. She's going to be joining me to talk about Summer League so far, what she's noticed. And she came up through the NBA, or rather WNBA, known for her defense and the defensive intensity that she played with. That's why I know she loves Davion Mitchell and why I'm so excited to talk to her about Davion Mitchell. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last seven years. This will be season number eight for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I do have later this week an exciting announcement to to make some personal moves uh, or news rather for me uh, that I'm looking forward to uh, sharing with you. It's nothing major, so you don't necessarily have to mark your calendars and doesn't make uh, a Friday podcast must listen, but it's something that I'm excited about uh, next step in my career that I'm excited to share with you. No, it won't have any effect on the Locked on Kings podcast. I'll still be here to overreact to uh, games like this game, the the Kings beating the Charlotte Hornets in game one of the Las Vegas Summer League. And I'm truly, it's a joke. I'm trying not to overreact to this. Uh, There were some positives, were some negatives to this game. We'll talk about, of course, we have to focus on the play of Davion Mitchell, who everybody is paying attention to with this Kings Summer League team. And especially his play against and his matchup against James Booknight, who many considered the Kings uh, or thought that the Kings should select with the ninth overall pick. I certainly spent a lot of time talking about him. How many guests have I had on the Locked On Kings podcast saying that they would have selected Booknight at that spot instead of Davion Mitchell? Well, I don't know if Davion listens to the podcast. I don't know if Davion has heard anything, but uh, Davion absolutely dominated Booknight in their first matchups of their career. Now, I, I got to be careful saying absolutely dominated because Book Knight uh, did have a pretty solid game, finished with 11 points, but shot four of 11. So he was fine. It wasn't anything major like that. But there's one play in particular that I'm talking about, and I hope you saw this play. If you haven't, just Google Davion Mitchell Book Knight or just go on my Twitter at Matt George Radio and you can see I retweeted the video. One play where Davion Mitchell puts the absolute clamps on James Book Knight to where. 
I mean, I felt bad for James. James is probably going to have nightmares of Davion Mitchell and what he did to him in this one one v one matchup. And we've talked a lot about Davion Mitchell's on ball defense. I got to see it a little bit in person. Maybe you did too at the California Classic. But this was extra special. This was a one on one matchup between the two best players on these two uh, respective summer league teams, and it gave us a glimpse of how Davion takes that pressure and takes that challenge on to himself. And I'm not going to be surprised at all when Davion tries to take that challenge on against some of the best players in the actual NBA uh, when next season starts. Now, will he have as much success as he had in this play, uh, forcing a turnover out of book night against guys like LeBron James, or maybe James is too big for him to guard, but let's say guys like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry. I don't know. I mean, I think that's a lot to ask from a rookie, right? But it it showed you what he is capable or how good he's capable of being and the intensity that he's capable of playing with. Not to be too nitpicky, but I did want to talk about something. I have thought about how Davion Mitchell, the way he plays, how that can be contagious by the rest of a roster. And I do believe there is something to that. I do believe Davion Mitchell, how hard he's playing, will hopefully make his teammates, guys like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, anyone on his team uh, who's playing with him want to try and match that energy and intensity, or they're really going to look bad. If Davion's playing that good a defense and you're not able to match that, or at least not trying to match that, it's going to be pretty obvious and you're going to be exposed pretty quickly. So I'm not saying that that's not a thing. But I do want to pump the brakes a little bit on saying that Davion Mitchell's defense has been inspiring this summer league roster. I do want to pump the brakes there. And I also saw someone on Twitter say Bobby Jackson, uh, summer league head coach Bobby Jackson, deserves a lot of credit for this roster playing as good as they have defensively. I want to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Not that I'm saying that uh, Bobby Jackson, Doug Christie, and the rest of that Kings coaching staff don't deserve credit for how this team is playing because it's very difficult to get a roster of players who have never really played together together in one week of practice and then suddenly you're, you're playing in summer league competition. That's not easy by any means. But these players are playing for their livelihoods. These players are playing for their opportunity to, if nothing else, get a training camp invite, but ultimately make an NBA roster. And how do you do that? How do you impress? Well, you do that by playing hard and playing with intensity on both ends of the floor. If you're taking plays off at the summer league level, NBA teams are going to easily look the other way and not even consider you. So it doesn't surprise me at all that the Kings, as a whole in this summer league group, have been playing with the intensity on defense. Look, these players are smart. They're their, uh, their agents are smart. They know that the Kings need defense and by playing good defensively, that's going to be a, a potential one-way ticket into, if nothing else, a training camp invite in Sacramento. So they are aware of that. So as much as I'd like to say that these players are playing this good defensively because Davion Mitchell inspires them or that Bobby Jackson is an excellent head coach and has this team dialed in and locked in defensively and he's really gotten them to buy into that philosophy. As much as I want to say that, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's a bunch of individual players who are doing what they know they need to do to get noticed. And it's working for some of them. Of course, I'm paying attention uh, to the Summer League to watch Mitchell, to watch Jemais Ramsey, to watch Robert Woodard and Myas Keita. Uh, I'm, I'm tuning in to watch them, but I've told you how impressed I've been by guys like Emmanuel Terry, the big man, an undersized big man, uh, who played very hard in the California Classic and continued to play hard uh, in this win against the Hornets in Las Vegas. He just plays with intensity, with hustle, provides rebounding, and a lot of things that the Kings lacked last season. So I'm impressed by it. Do I think he's going to get a summer league invite? 
Probably not. I should also say I'm also paying attention for Chemezi Metsu, who had 16 points on 5 of 11 shooting uh, in this game. And remember what I said, I wanted to see Metsu prove that he was an NBA player. I wanted him to look like one of the best players, if not the best player on the floor. And for the most part, he did. Could he do more? Sure. But getting 16 points uh, on 5 of 11 shooting, almost 50% shooting uh, from Chemezi Metsu in 30 minutes of play, I'm absolutely happy with that, and Metu shows that he belongs at least uh, in the conversation for a main roster spot with the Sacramento Kings. He clearly learned a lot from his time with the Kings last season. Lewis King is one of the two-way contracts that this team has. He had 10 points on 4 of 10 shooting. Uh, Namias Keita is the other two-way contract player, and his size alone... I know the Kings had the presence of Hassan Whiteside on this team uh, last season, but where Kida is different from Whiteside, and of course Kida is significantly younger, but he's a lot better on the perimeter than I expected. He's quicker on the perimeter than I expected for a natural seven-footer. Now, uh, his rebounding, he only finished with, I think, six rebounds in this game uh, to go along with uh, nine points in 22 minutes. So I want to see that scoring going up, even though he was a very efficient four or five from the field. Uh, I want to see that rebound number definitely go up. Did finish with one block shot. Of course, I'd like more, uh, but I'm not getting too picky about that. Uh, but on the perimeter, at least he wasn't a liability. When he had to switch on the outside, he didn't get completely lost and, and burned by, uh, which I, I wanted to see and I was happy to see out of him. Uh, Jemias Ramsey is the guy that a lot of people are going to talk about because of his 22-point performance. And while I give him all the credit in the world, I, I do want to say that I'm not super impressed. If I'm just looking at that stat line... I might be more impressed than I should be with Jemias Ramsey. Shot 8 of 18. Anytime you, you're taking 18 shots and scoring, I, I don't want to say just 22 points. I'm really not trying to take away from what he did. What I do like that he did is that he was shooting with confidence. He was looking for his shot, playing hard. That's what I expect out of a score coming out of college. However, we heard so much about the bread and butter of Ramsey's game being his shooting ability. And sometimes it takes shooters to translate or time for them to really get comfortable at the NBA level. Uh, but he shot three of nine from three-point range. 33% is not horrible, but if that's going to be his meal ticket into the NBA, I want to see more of that. I want to see him showcase that. I do unfortunately have to talk about Robert Woodard, who is a friend of the Locked On Kings podcast, had him on the podcast less than a month ago. Uh, and I know Woodard was very excited to play in Summer League and to prove uh, that what he did in the G League, he could potentially provide the Kings in some capacity uh, with their main roster. And I thought, based off of the player that he is, the size that he is, knowing that he's more of a, a defensive-focused player, that there potentially could be a spot for him. But truth be told, these first three Summer League games, he doesn't look like an NBA player. And it's really strange to me that he had so much success in the G League bubble against competition that is at worst equal to Summer League, but more than likely better because it features actual veteran players and players who have been around the NBA for a while, who play professionally, who are grown men. He's playing mostly rookies and second year players here in the Summer League, and he's struggling. Uh, and uh, that's not something that I expected out of him. So I'm not giving up on Robert Woodard yet. I still hope that he gets a training camp invite. He is, of course, under uh, contract for the Kings. So I shouldn't say get a training camp invite. He will be a part of training camp more than likely. Um, I just expect more. 
I just truly expect more out of Robert Woodard. I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what Katie Christensen has to say about Robert, what she has to say about Ramsey, Keita, uh, and especially Davion Mitchell, who, like I said in the intro, Katie was a, a defensive specialist in the WNBA. I know she loves that defensive effort. Uh, so I think you're going to love what she has to say about Davion Mitchell and so much more. That's coming up next. Before that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless or even intimidating questioning uh, from a counterman at an auto parts store when all they can really do is, is give you the parts that their warehouse carries at really no negotiable price point? RockAuto.com is available for you via the internet, your computer, your phone, regardless and you can browse, find the exact parts that you need for your exact car, and you'll find different parts at different price points. You're not just priced into one area. They don't set the market price for you. It varies based on the item. You've heard me call rockauto.com the uh, Amazon of auto parts stores. It really, truly is. I used it to save me a boatload of money with some recent car troubles that I had after running over a, uh, a shredded tire in or while driving down the freeway. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck. I promise you, you will save money by using Rock Auto. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com In order to succeed in professional sports in the modern day, you have to be versatile. And I don't know if it gets more versatile uh, than my next guest, Katie Christensen Hunter, formerly in the WNBA, made her name in the WNBA with her defensive intensity that she played with. She, of course, could also score the basketball as well. Uh, On top of that, you go then into the media industry, sideline reporting, television hosting, pre and post game, impromptu fill in as a color commentator. Uh, and of course she has her history as a, uh, a sideline reporter as well. Katie Christensen Hunter back with me here on the locked on Kings podcast. Katie, it's so good to have you back. So good to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I'm doing great, Matt. It's great to be on. Uh, been listening to your podcast. You're doing a great job. We've known each other for a long time now, so I'm super happy and pr- proud of you. Anytime I can cash in on our relationship to, uh, to, <laughs> to steal your expertise without having to pay for you for this podcast, <laughs> I will take that anytime I can get. Well, Katie, I, I was really excited to have this conversation with you because like I kind of alluded to there in the intro, uh, and I know you've actually talked about this on your broadcast with Kyle Draper, uh, you made a name for yourself in the WNBA by being that defensive workhorse, right? You knew that that was your way into the, uh, to get playing time and, uh, and to have the career that you did was playing with that intensity defensively. So I have to imagine first and foremost, that the selection of Davion Mitchell alone, uh, not only surprised you maybe, but, uh, really pleased you with the way that he plays. You know, I think to a certain degree, everyone was maybe surprised just because you have, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, very guard heavy and, and future kind of, of the franchise in that, position but his 
his skill set is really unique, having the opportunity to watch him over summer league and obviously great success at Baylor and in college. And um, he made himself the player that he is. And if you know what I mean, Matt, there's so many players that you see, especially young players that they survive on, you know, raw talent alone, but few people have the willpower, if you will, to really develop that and make yourself into something special. And I think that he is obviously a work in progress, um, but he has something that a lot of people don't. And I think it's that, that work ethic and that drive to just continue to be better and improve. And I know a lot of people say, well, you're a professional athlete. Of course you have that. That is so not the case. Um, you can go back and just look, Matt, at you know, the countless number of top picks and lottery picks that have, you know, kind of come and gone out of the league and never done anything with that raw talent. But then you see the ones uh, later in the draft, second round that have stuck it out and surprised people and had a really fantastic career, but that's based on willpower, work ethic and drive. And it's very clear that Davion has that. Um, so in that sense, not surprised in the pick because I think those, those people, those players are so rare that regardless of position, you can't pass up on them if they're available. It's, it's almost become a, a cliche in a way, or maybe a throwaway statement. You say, oh, oh players, uh, in order to be good defensively, most of it is just have or a desire to, to play that hard and a desire to be good. And I'm absolutely not taking that away uh, from Davion Mitchell or any player who does play with that extra effort and intensity defensively. You could look at guys like Patrick Beverly or even a guy like Marcus Smart with the Boston Celtics. But in addition to that, it also takes a very unique and, and well-developed skill set that Davion Mitchell has. Can you explain a little bit of that skill set that he has that he brings into the NBA in addition to that tireless work ethic? Well, obviously he's an athlete, right? All of these guys are top level athletes um, at this level and you're facing top level athletes. So it's not the same as defending well in college, but I think the one thing that kind of sets really great defenders apart in the NBA is that athletic ability paired with IQ and work. I mean, it's, it's really hard, you know, during the off season, during the season, all of, I think defense su suffers in this league because regardless of what people, you know, kind of, kind of assume is that, oh, well, defense is effort and all of these things. Yes, it's effort, but it's also something that you have to drill constantly. And sadly, because of the way the NBA schedule is, practice time is really at a bare minimum through the season. And it's really no surprise to me to see that the Kings had a historically bad, you know, defensive season last year, because it was also a historical season in terms of, you know, how quickly the schedule came and, and how condensed it was, the, the sheer amount of, you know, absolute lack of practice time. And now I don't want to gloss over the fact that, you know, it's also personnel based, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, that obviously fed into what the Kings struggled with last season. But I think that Monty McNair, you know, improved on that in multiple ways. He improved on it at the trade deadline, bringing in DeLon Wright and, and Terrence Davis. He did it at, during the draft with DeLon Wright and even Nemias uh, Keita. Um, but here's the thing about players that really take defense seriously 
at this level, particularly because games come so fast in college, you have two games a week and you prep for those all week long and you break those down, you get the film, you have the scouting report. It comes so fast in the NBA. It really takes someone that puts it on themselves and says, Hey, I want this film. I want to see this team, this player, these tendencies, and they study they study and one-on-one defense is at a premium in the NBA because so few people in my opinion really excel at it Um, because it is you know a lot of it is IQ based Matt like you have to be able to remember plays to be able to think two three steps ahead to know what a play call is going to be that is just watching film Um, but what Davion has is he has the skill set in terms of physically, but he has the mentality to really foster that. And, you know, it's really hard to tell with summer league, you know, you look at a player playing against other players that are trying to break into the league. It's not the same level you're going to see in the NBA. And it's also not the same amount of preparation and time and that goes into the scattering reports and everything that you do with the coaching staff. But what he has is just that that skill set of like one on one. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to be a pest. I'm going to make it difficult. I'm going to be on your uh, on your strong hand. I'm going to force you to do things that are not your go to. And what that will do for the Kings is a um, the obvious is that it's going to decrease the amount of times that these guys are going to have to be rotating into help um, first line of defense, second line of defense, those types of things. That's where the Kings really struggled a lot is so often people would get blown by on just one-on-one player to player defense. And we heard Luke Walton talk about it countless times of it starts with the person on the ball. They have to be able to defend. You're not going to do it hundred percent of the time perfectly that's when your help side is there um, and you need to be able to rely on it. But if you're time after time after time having to rely on your help side, you're putting everyone at a risk. So I think that Davion will certainly help in that sense, but it kind of goes back to something you said a little bit earlier. Um, When you have certain players that have a mentality, whether it is a verbal leadership or a, um, lead by example type thing, it's contagious. And I think that Davion has the personality that is contagious because when you're a player and you see someone working, you, for lack of a better term, you feel like an ass if you're not working as much as them. And I think that he's going to have that early on that lead by example. And once he gets comfortable from everything I've read and listened to, and, you know, you know, your interview with his, his former um, college coach, all of those things, he has those, those tools to become a vocal leader as well, but he's going to have to settle in first. Um, But I think that it's, I already think that De'Aaron Fox is a, a really good defender. I think Tyrese Halliburton is a really good defender. The problem is when you have someone um, that has the ability to do that, but they have to do that all the time and they are, they carry the primary load offensively. It's really, really difficult and grueling to get that from them game in and game out consistently. So having someone like Davion, you know, you, you saw it today. He had, what was it? 10 points, nine assists, which I love to see. He doesn't have to carry a huge part of the scoring load. If he can distribute the ball and defend that is taking a huge load off of some of these other guys. So I think he's going to fit in quite nicely. It's going to be an adjustment period, I think, for both him 
learning to play alongside his new teammates and get the most out of them and they can get the most out of him, but also for the coaching staff to learn what rotations, what groupings, those types of things are going to be most beneficial. But from what I've seen so far, he is everything that he was advertised. Um, and, and that's even saying that it's during summer league, you know, where most of these guys, he's not going to play with during the season. And I think that, you know, you look back to his time at Baylor, one of the things that made him so great is that he had that relationship um, with his, his teammates. They trusted each other. They could talk to each other. The familiarity goes so far. He's playing well, in my opinion, with literally zero familiarity with any of these guys that he's stepping on the floor with. And he's still performing at a really high level. So I, I think it's a very good sign of what we're going to see come regular season. Are you one of those people that bets on summer league games? Hey, no shame. Raise your hand or stay quiet if you want. As long as you're making money, maybe you're just laughing your way to the bank and people like me are truly missing out on the extra fun of gambling when it comes to uh, summer league action. But I hope if you are partaking uh, in summer league gambling that you're doing so on BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, BetOnline.ag is the official sports gambling partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And whether it's summer league action, whether it's golf, UFC, MMA action, uh, of course, baseball season happening right now, uh, NFL future bets, fun prop bets, BetOnline has it all. BetOnline is the absolute best place to play. And if you're not playing on BetOnline, I have something for you. If you go and sign up, immediately you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And all you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. It's free money for you to gamble with. And check this out. Use our Locked On Bets podcast as a resource for you to make money on BetOnline. It's completely free. You don't have to pay to get the advice of the experts. It is free for you wherever you get your podcasts. Have fun. Make money on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know, I, I joked a, a couple of times on the podcast that I, I hope that we can get some kind of hidden camera or somebody's recording the first time <laughs> that Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox match up one-on-one -on -one in training camp just to see how what they bring out of one another. Because I can imagine Mitchell's the kind of player that can bother Fox, that can pester him. Mm -hmm. We've seen players like Mitchell bother Fox before. Uh, I mean, a guy that, that jumps to mind who doesn't necessarily have the, the work rate that Davion mm -hmm. Mitchell has, but a guy like Eric Bledsoe a couple seasons ago really gave De'Aaron Fox fits even John Wall to some extent with his speed and and, and pestiness I uh, gave De'Aaron Fox fits so I imagine that Davion Mitchell and Fox playing against each other on a somewhat daily basis as much practice time as they get will make both of those guys better uh, which I am I am extra excited about but Katie the time that you've spent watching uh, the, the Kings so far in summer league, calling the two California classic games, what has stood out to you? Cause I, I will admit I've been disappointed by the play of the Jemias Ramsey had a good game uh, today mm -hmm. against the Charlotte Hornets, but both uh, Ramsey and Woodard struggled. Now Ramsey only played one game of the California classic Woodard has really struggled throughout the entire mm -hmm. uh, summer league so far. And I had some, not necessarily high expectations for him, but I expect, him as a second year player to look like he was at least head and shoulders to some capacity above the rest, especially after the success that he had in the G League bubble. And I'm not mm -hmm. seeing that. I don't know if I'm being too concerned about only a small sample size. No, I, I Matt, I, I think your concern is probably justified. Um, and this is the time where players have to really 
put themselves in a position to perform. There's a lot of stress involved and, and all of that. And they know um, how important these summer league games are. And for, for Robert specifically to come out and perform the way that he has, has been, you know, quite frankly, disappointing. And I'm sure he's probably feeling the same way. There's a lot of pressure to kind of um, take a further step you're trying to earn a permanent roster spot at this point. He just hasn't done anything to prove that that is where he's going to end up. And Jemias has been extremely streaky. I mean, the one game that he did play after um, missing the first game in the California classic with the ankle injury, you know, I think this has kind of been something for both of those guys. Injuries have kind of plagued them at certain points. I mean, during the regular season, this past season, this past year, um, they had opportunities where because of injuries and, and things like that, they, would have been called upon and uh there was a groin injury there was a hamstring injury you know for one you know both of them had those two injuries and it kept them out you know you look at Chimezi Metu who's a perfect example when he had that opportunity early in the season in February he performed extremely well and then he broke his hand in that mm -hmm. game against Memphis and it was Jonas Valanciunas and my god I'm still mad about that that was so dirty not to mention the fact I'm still angry that no one stepped up and did it anything right um that's disappointing because you kind of need that on your team you need that to be successful because it speaks to the mentality of your team um but Chimezi at that point I thought oh my gosh he's playing so well he's he's getting this opportunity taking advantage of it and he gets injured and I'm like this could be it for him well he came back got healthy bone healed stepped on the floor immediately did the same thing. So when you compare, you know, Chemezi to both uh, Jemias and Robert, you're like, okay, well, there's, there's this thing about stepping up and taking advantage of an opportunity. And Chemezi the only one that's been able to do that. And he's been rewarded. And, you know, today he played extremely well, and I'm not shocked to see that. Um, so, you know, it might be that these guys need another year in the G League, or it might be that they're not going to, to be able to fill, fulfill their dream. Um, but if they're going to do it, they have to play consistently, and they have not been able to do that at this point. It's been very clear to me, first and foremost, the, I appreciate both Monty McNair and head coach Luke Walton coming into this offseason, making their goal for next season clear. After a year of kind of unknown, is this team going to treat last season as a gap year or really go for it? It kind of changed a couple of times. Now we know for sure, look, the goal is playoffs and anything that is not the playoffs coming up short is, is a failure in their mind. And I appreciated that transparency. So it made it easier to kind of gauge the kind of moves that we expected Monty McNair to make. And so far we've seen him bolster the uh, the bench rotation of this Kings team which we know they needed especially in the first half of last season we saw the difference right between the first half of last season and then after the trade deadline right. and then it's improving defensively and, and I mean you can only go up after the defense that the Kings had last season but mm -hmm. the addition or, or rather being able to re-sign a player like Mo Harkless who does help defensively he struggled with his shot a little bit but he provides that wing depth that that this team has lacked. Of course, bringing back Rashawn Holmes is such a big deal, but also going out and getting a guy like uh, Alex Len, who was very solid mm -hmm. for the Kings a couple seasons ago, even in just a small sample size. I've really liked the moves that the Kings have made. I don't think yeah. Monty McNair is done. I don't think that he's done enough necessarily to automatically vault the Kings into the playoff conversation, but I can see the clear plan and what Monty's trying to do. I wanted to get your opinion on the moves that he's made this offseason. Yeah, I'm actually, 
pretty, pretty impressed overall. You know, you look at, I, I like the re-signing of Terrence Davis because he brings everything that we talked about earlier. It's, it's a tenacity, it's a defensive presence, but he can score the ball. He was, he was really impressive this last year, but having said that he was also extremely streaky. We saw him have some big games and, and, you know, hit a lot of, of triples. And then he comes out the next game and he goes over, and that's just part of being young and also fitting into a system. You know, you have to give him a little bit of, of credit in the sense that it's difficult joining a team midway through the season as it is, but it's also difficult when you truly don't have time to practice um, on the floor and, and gel with your teammates. So I thought, everything considering I liked his, you know, trade at the deadline. I liked the re-signing Rashawn Holmes is the one to me that was the biggest because when you look at him and I said it countless times throughout this past season in our pre-half post-game show on the sideline, um, I think that Rashawn Holmes, you know, is the best center for this team, for mm-hmm. this personnel. He is one of those guys that he anchors the defense. Um, he, he doesn't need a play drawn for him. He can go out and get 15 and 10 without a single play being called for him because he plays so well alongside De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, the guards in that pick and roll, that two-man game. He fits it so perfectly. And then he gets on the boards. He gets second chance, uh, you know, putbacks, those types of things. So for him to, to be re-signed, that to me was the biggest priority. I like Alex Lynn coming back. I thought that he, he adds a lot. He adds some size that the Kings desperately need. And as you know, throughout the NBA season, you certainly need – depth and positions because injuries are going to happen. You can't, you can't have a situation like you did last year where Rashawn Holmes got hurt and you've got Harrison, Harrison Barnes rolling out at the five. You know, I, I felt for Harrison last year because I felt he was having a career year and then injuries happened and it put him playing that, that, you know, four position a little bit more, even sometimes at the five. And what I think that did to him is it took away all of his advantages that had him putting up the numbers and performing the way that he was, he truly took one for the team last year. And, um, so, you know, you look at the depth that Alex Lynn has provided in that position. And then you look at Tristan Thompson, I'm super curious about that one that's the one I'm not a hundred percent sure on obviously he's he's got one year remaining on his current deal um, it's an asset it's something that you know maybe you're gonna gonna need him maybe he will end up fitting well into the system I'm not sure what to think about that one yet obviously he was a tremendous player in his time at the Cavs I don't think that he he was you know nothing to write home about when he was with the Celtics. <clears throat> Pardon me, but that also has a lot to do with personnel and how you're used. So I don't know how he's going to fit with the Kings. I'm I'm certainly anxious to see it and what his role is going to be. But one thing I know for sure is that is an asset come the trade deadline because he is somebody that if it's not working out here and you don't feel like you're going to be able to sign him to a, a deal after the end of this year. Um, you don't see him as a part of the future. It's certainly an asset that you're going to get something for. So that to me is a chess piece, you know, and I I like that. And then when you look at Mo Harkless, Matt, um, he's tremendous in so many ways. And, you know, I'm the type of person that I like to, (laughs) it's easy to like, you know, the De'Aaron Foxes and the Tyrese Halliburtons of the world, because they're just, you know, obviously magnificent players and such huge pieces of of the puzzle right but 
it's always those puzzle. Like when you, I like to do puzzles, Matt, when you do a puzzle, there's those hard pieces that you just can't figure out. You know, you're looking for it. You're trying to find the perfect piece to fit, to get it in there. And I think Mo is one of those pieces. He's one of those pieces that you absolutely need. It's not the corner piece. You know, it's not one of the obvious ones but it makes it all fit together. And his defense alone, his attitude, I think he brings a little bit more of that attitude that was missing. Um, I don't need him to be a scorer at this point in his career. I need him to be able to knock down some threes occasionally. I need him to be able to spread the floor a little bit. I need him to be able to drive in um, and create contact if need be. He's, He's a high IQ player, veteran player, but he's also a really great asset defensively. So I, the problem is I think that we had good pieces defensively last year, but when you have three guys on the floor that are great defenders and you have two that are terrible defenders at any given moment, those two terrible defenders can absolutely make everything fall apart. You don't need all five to be tremendous defenders on the floor at one time. You need two, three great defenders and you need some solid pieces. And I think Mo Harkless is one of those guys that he just fills all of those gaps. He does all of that. So I really liked that signing a lot. There's so many reasons for me to be excited about next season. And and one of the big ones is finding out whether or not we're going to get more of Katie Christensen Hunter as a (laughs) color commentator. She did a phenomenal job. You did a great job, truly, uh, with Kyle Draper on such short notice. I believe you were on vacation and heard the Doug news and had to turn around and come back, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, geez, Matt. I had driven up north to see my dad and at our family ranch. And the great thing about being up there is there's no cell phone service. Mm. So I I was up there. I'd gotten there on Sunday. I I got all kinds of calls. My, my friend was calling me, Dave was calling me like, Hey, like, please call. Um, I was out on a walk We we over at the pond. The kids were down napping. It was, you know, a break. Uh, so we weren't even there 24 hours. I grabbed my toiletry bag and hopped in my car and drove five hours back and got in about nine o'clock and, you know, did the games the next two days and then drove right back up Thursday morning. But I do want to say this because, um, haven't really had the opportunity. First of all, I am so excited for Doug Christie because I cannot explain to you. I've never seen a former player step into a role as a broadcaster and work so hard. He works so hard at everything he does. He's so talented. He is so gifted, but so much of, of who he is as a broadcaster was the same of how he was as a player. He worked, he outworked everyone and he was so tremendous. And I thoroughly enjoyed working with him and alongside him, but I cannot wait to see him as a coach because I truly believe if someone has a calling to be a coach, it's Doug Christie and what he's going to do with these young players um, and how he's going to be able to reach them and teach them and get them to, to continue to improve and develop. Doug, I'm so excited for him in that sense. And I hope Kings fans are just as excited and understand how amazing it is that that man is going to be on this coaching staff. They're very, very lucky. 
I couldn't agree with you more. It's exciting to see him there on the bench alongside Bobby Jackson. It's exciting to see photos of him working defensively uh, with some of these uh, young players that we've seen coming out of their mini training camps slash practices. <laughs> I, it really won't surprise me at all if the Kings get better defensively uh, when uh, Doug Christie has his uh, has his fingers in the pie, so to speak. So uh, <laughs> very excited to see that. And very excited to see what uh, you're going to be on our TV regardless, whether it's doing pre and, and post game like you normally do this sideline reporting that you normally do or uh maybe more of a color commentary role which yeah I, I guess for. the real question right now matt is will i be doing two jobs or one job <laughs> <laughs> you've been doing two jobs I'd, for a while it's about a I'd, third now, either right? way i'm i'm super excited I, you know i've been in sacramento for so long and um i've tr obviously traveled all over you know the the states and and every city that nba you know is in and and um I feel really fortunate that I got the shot to start my career in Sacramento because I think it's an extremely unique place because this team, the city loves their team so much and therefore they, they personally attach to the people that call these games, the people that work with this team and are on the broadcast, on the radio, all of those things. And I feel like they've just been so uplifting to me personally throughout my career. I couldn't be more thrilled to be here one way or the other, no matter what position I'm in. Um, but, you know, it's been a dream of mine. So we'll see if it comes to fruition. Tremendous. Thank you to Katie Christensen Hunter for joining me back here on the Locked On Kings podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have her on. I sincerely hope we'll be hearing more of Katie, not just on pre and post game like we do every single season, but in that color commentary spot. I think she does a fantastic job, has done an excellent job uh, filling in when needed, did a great job last season on the all women's broadcast. I uh, did an excellent job on short notice, by the way, uh, filling in with Kyle Draper after Doug Christie made his move to the bench, which by the way, seeing Doug Christie on the bench in summer league has been really cool. Uh, I know the, the Kings have upgraded their defensive personnel this this roster defensively, so I expect them to be better next season, but I will not shy away from giving credit to Doug Christie as part of that coaching staff if this Kings team does make significant significant progress on defense uh, next season. There's been some cool videos and pictures that have come out of, of Doug working defensively uh, with some of these summer league players. I absolutely love to see that, and I love having Katie Christensen here on Locked on Kings. Hope to have her back on in the near future. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, uh, let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments. Uh, if you are uh, listening uh, via audio listener, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeRadio. Or you can email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And while you're at it, uh, let me know your thoughts on Summer League so far. Any players that you're excited about? Any players that you're disappointed with? Uh, anything that you want to talk about when it comes to Summer League, please send me that. And make sure you uh, check out yesterday's Locked On Kings podcast where I spent a lot of time talking with James Hamm about Swing for the Fences moves. Uh, we talked a lot about the possibility of the Kings getting Ben Simmons. And maybe the Kings are in a position to offer the 76ers really the best package that they're going to get in a Ben Simmons trade. If you missed that, go and listen to that. That was yesterday's Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you will join me for future episodes of Locked on Kings as well. If you could do me a favor and leave a review for this podcast, that would be excellent. Best place to do that is Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast. Any constructive criticism that you have uh, can go there as well. Uh, just a good place to encourage Sacramento Kings fans or just NBA fans in general. Uh, tell them why they should 
should be listening to Locked on Kings. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your support as always, regardless of how you're watching or listening Locked on Kings. And I hope you will join me on the next podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.